What is going on, everybody? This is the All In Man Cave podcast. I'm Cole Haight, the awesome host of this podcast. Free agency has been popping off for the NFL. We got some more updates. This is the third podcast now uh, in the feed just about free agency moves, people that have been traded. Uh, Every single type of thing you can think of in terms of the NFL offseason this year has been absolutely wild. Uh, Tyler and I, you guys know Tyler. He's been on the podcast. Uh, Baseball's popping off too, uh, and we're definitely doing a baseball pod this week. Uh, So you guys get ready for that. Uh, But today, today is the day we talk about some more moves in the NFL, and there's a lot of quarterbacks that have found their homes uh, for this upcoming NFL season. And there's a few quarterbacks that are still looking for homes. So we're going to start with quarterbacks. There's a few people that I've picked out in the last few days since our last podcast. Some recent ones, uh, some extensions that happened a few days ago, just the ones that stood out to me. Quarterback is the most polarizing in the NFL, so we're going to start there. Uh, But let's talk NFL uh, because I thought, and everybody thinks, uh, after an NFL season ends and the Super Bowl happens, uh, the winning team has their parade, and then the NFL season just stops. That does not happen, and usually there's at least two interesting stories uh, and two amazing stories in the NFL that happen every offseason. Two that you would expect to happen, two that you would never expect to happen. And guess what? There's been a lot more than than four total uh, with what I just w- just went over. But there's been a lot of big moves this year, and a lot of teams are going all in. Uh, some players are going all in to new teams. So let's just hop right in. Let's hop right in and get right to it. Uh, Matt Stafford. Uh, Matt Stafford, Super Bowl winning quarterback. Uh, a lot has been said about Matt Stafford and whether or not he was good in all of the years that he started for the Detroit Lions, or whether or not he was actually not that good and was uh, was actually adding uh, to the problems that were the Detroit Lions franchise since Matt Stafford got drafted by them uh, more than a decade ago. So Matt Stafford signs a four-year, $160 million extension with the Los Angeles Rams, which he currently played plays for and also won the Super Bowl for. $135 million of that $160 million is fully guaranteed. This is going to be something that is going to be seen uh, for the very soon future uh, and beyond, uh, especially for quarterbacks that are in a situation uh, where they want to get paid, and Kirk Cousins is, is is, and you guys know the the longtime lover of the Minnesota Vikings, my football team. Uh, Kirk Cousins started this, and, and he made it a he made it an actual real life fact uh, that if you want to get paid in the NFL, you have to you have to get fully guaranteed money, uh, and it's fully guaranteed contracts were never a thing. Uh, at, you could say even four years ago, maybe, maybe, maybe a little more, maybe four to six years ago. If you mentioned a fully guaranteed NFL contract, people would look at you like you have 16 arms and 14 eyes. It's not something that you, that we've seen, uh, in the, in recent history, but now it's becoming a thing where this, this guaranteed money is getting higher. And at some points, most of these contracts, uh, it may take more than two years. It may take five years. It may take ten years. Uh, but this guaranteed money for some of these NFL, for most of these NFL players, they're going to try and get as much as they can guaranteed. Uh, because your life in the NFL isn't long, and we've talked about on this podcast multiple times about the discrepancy with people that say that professional athletes are paid too much money and they don't have to put that much work in. 
to for for the money that they're even getting, which is completely overshot. I get that argument. Uh, and coming from a normal run of the day middle class person, that makes sense. Uh, but you have to realize that the work that these athletes put in and the skills that they do have, they're using and exploiting to gain money, uh, which is what people do at jobs. If you're good at something, you're going to use that to try and make as much money as possible and to prove to other people, whether it be companies and interviews, what whatever you, you want to do, you're going to use your talents to try and gain as much from it as possible. And exploitation is a bad word for me to use, but listen, you're using it and it's got a negative connotation, exploitation, but listen, you're, you're using what you know to make money. And if you're doing that, I don't, I don't really agree with people that say that professional athletes are overpaid. If your company is making as much money as the NFL's making, they can afford to pay the players that are getting people to watch their product, which is how the NFL gets paid. If you don't watch, they don't get paid at the end of the day. Most of their revenue is driven by these huge TV deals. So listen, these fully guaranteed contracts are going to become a thing uh, relatively soon. And I'm thinking within the next two to four years, you're going to see a lot more quarterbacks, probably all quarterbacks getting fully guaranteed contracts. You're going to see uh, players in positions that would be relatively low in terms of pay for the NFL start to see you're going to start to see shifts where those those contracts may not get to what a quarterback would get paid, but their contracts are going to get closer to fully guaranteed. And that's just the move that is happening in the NFL uh, to try and to try and appease these players who have a players union. Uh, they fight certain things that the NFL tries to put into into uh, a rule type situation and they it works like a union of steel workers it works like a union of teachers for, for to compare it to a normal job out there that's not a professional athlete so kudos to Matt Stafford definitely deserved this extension uh, but that's something you're gonna have to look you're gonna have to look forward to uh, and kind of accept as a fan of the NFL starting to see these numbers go up with the salary cap continuously rising based on the NFL's revenue and the fact that players are pushing for these contracts and it seems like more and more of them are fully guaranteed with more money. So it's definitely going to be a change uh, to, to monitor going forward. Next on the list, Matt Ryan officially gets traded from the Atlanta Falcons. This was a, a story uh, that started to brew on Twitter. I saw it. I thought that maybe uh, it didn't seem too strong when it first broke uh, that Matt Ryan was was a highly considered individual for the Indianapolis Colts to trade for. I didn't think that Matt Ryan was actually a candidate to leave Atlanta this year. I didn't think he was going to leave the Falcons. I thought he was going to be there. He was probably going to retire there. Uh, a beloved player for that organization, especially in terms of how the ownership sees him uh, based on what they've released after this trade had happened. But Matt Ryan goes to the Colts. Uh, you guys know Carson Wentz has been officially traded. They have nothing in terms of depth on that roster uh, at the quarterback position to trust to start any week. Uh, any game of this upcoming season. Uh, so they need a veteran. They wanted to get a veteran in there. Their team is kind of built to make a run. Uh, their defense is solid. They have Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they have younger receivers, although they could probably uh, make themselves a little bit better by picking up a free agent name, possibly to be a number one receiver. 
Uh, but Michael Pittman Jr. has been great. Uh, T.Y. Hilton might come back. So uh, their offensive line is very good as well, which is why I think Matt Ryan actually fits in Indianapolis. The thing is, Matt Ryan is not a mobile quarterback. You can watch him for his entire career. Uh, you can watch him in college. He's not a mobile quarterback. But the way you get deep into playoff runs is to protect the non-mobile quarterback. Tom, similar to Tom Brady, where uh, if he's protected, he can make the throws. If he's not protected, Tom Brady's not running, uh, and, and he's not outrunning a defensive pass rusher. He's not. Uh, he's not outrunning a D tackle. He's not outrunning anybody on the defense. So somebody needs to be open, uh, or you need to protect the quarterback. And I think the Colts have a hundred percent bought in uh, to that. They just need a quarterback that's going to get them there, and they can make the run. Uh, they're counting on their team to make the moves, the right moves in the playoffs so that their quarterback doesn't need to be a Patrick Mahomes. Their quarterback doesn't need to be a young mobile quarterback for them to be successful. Jonathan Taylor's done well at the running back position. They can get uh, at least average results from their current wide receiver staff as well as going out and picking up a player that could be a solid one, maybe a two, maybe even an up, uh, an, an up arrow three is what I like to call it where you have a, a stocks rising number three receiver that could probably be a two, maybe even be a one in the right system. They could really benefit from that. And with Matt Ryan now in Indianapolis, it's going to be serious. Frank Reich is there as the head coach. They have a solid, uh, they have a solid GM, uh, average owner, if you're asking me. Uh, some of the things that Jim Irsay has done has been a little bit sketchy, but he gets results. Uh, he got results uh, throughout his career as the owner uh, of of the Colts. So I it, I think it works. I think it works, and I think they see that if they continue Jonathan Taylor at the at the rate he's going, running backs in this league they don't last for twelve years on the same football team. Adrian Peterson did it with the Minnesota Vikings. There's been a few running backs that have done it in the past. Chris Johnson comes to mind. Maybe not as long as Adrian Peterson, but Chris Johnson had a very a very decent chunk of his career uh, in a row where he was a, a top three, top five, and even top ten back. So it's possible, but right now uh, there's a lot of buzz going around the NFL media and, and Twitter saying uh, that you don't offer running backs a second contract. And yes, that's a fair statement to make. But there will be exceptions. Uh, Derrick Henry, I'm thinking, is one of them. Uh, yes, he's getting up there in age. Yes, he takes a beating. But his him taking a beating uh, in his age is not going to affect him, I think, in the next four to five years. So there's a few running backs out there that I think that are worth a second contract. Jonathan Taylor is definitely one of those. And I think Matt Ryan is going to be a very solid add to the Indianapolis Colts. And I think they're the clear front runners in that division. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see uh, the Falcons get back a third rounder, uh, and they also absorb some of what Matt Ryan's contract would have been. Uh, so they're taking a, a dead cap hit and the highest dead cap hit in in NFL history uh, for a quarterback at I think a little over forty million dollars. Uh, so they're taking forty million right now uh, under the under the cap. They're just taking it right off. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to take some finagling. It's going to take some extreme amounts of of being able to diagnose how to create a team uh, minus forty million dollars plus. Uh, but I think the Falcons made a good move here, and I don't think 
that the, the uh, that the the Colts are, are gonna hurt at all by by getting him versus Carson Wentz. He, he I think he's more trustworthy. Uh, but the Falcons are in rebuild. Let's just be honest. They've been in rebuild even the last few years that they didn't want to admit it. They don't have a lot of star players on the team. The star players they do have are relatively older. Uh, so a few veterans isn't going to make that team amazing, especially within the next year or two years. So I think after after everything that I've read about this transaction, I think it works out for both teams and what they both want. I think the Falcons wanted to move on and start this rebuild officially. And I think the Colts needed a veteran presence that was going to get them to the playoffs. And I think they've both accomplished that. Now, in, in Atlanta, now who is the quarterback? Well, we do have the answer. And the answer is Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota signed by the Falcons on a two-year deal, which is basically a one-year deal. Uh, the first year, he will make $6.7 million. I think $5 million of that is guaranteed at signing. Uh, so that's 6.75 in the first year. And the second year, which would be 2023, uh, he will have a $12 million option. That could be or could not be picked up. So if officially one-year deal could be an actual two-year deal. Uh, depends on what happens with Marcus Mariota, what the Falcons do in, in the draft, whether they go out and they try and get a Kenny Pickett or a Malik Willis, which both seem to be the best two quarterback prospects that I've seen anywhere. Uh, nobody's really talking about the other quarterbacks that are coming out this year in terms of being first-round picks, in terms of being high high-level guys being first-in, last-out guys. So Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett are going to be the quarterbacks that teams are going to be vying for if they're trying to get a quarterback in the draft, uh, which the, the Falcons can definitely do. Uh, and Marcus Mariota, a uh, seasoned vet, yes, it takes, uh, takes a long amount of luck. Sorry, not a long. It takes a decent amount of luck for him to stay on the field for an entire season. Very injury-prone player. Uh, but he's a considered a veteran, and he does have knowledge. Uh, of of the NFL football game as a whole and the NFL football league as a whole. So let, I, I want to really see what happens. I project the Falcons to go quarterback uh, and kind of let them learn from Marcus Mariota in the year and or two years uh, that he's on the roster. However, they have a lot of gaps to fill. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, if they try and build on the offensive line, build at the – in terms of an offensive weapon or build on defense or go quarterback in the first round. So it's going to be interesting to see everybody keep an eye on the Falcons uh, in this year's upcoming draft. Next, Jameis Winston signs a two-year $28 million deal with the Saints. I've seen multiple different uh, news outlets giving different numbers on the guaranteed money in this contract. Uh, he's going to have a relatively high signing bonus, uh, and I've seen anywhere from 15 to 21 million in terms of guaranteed money out of the 28 total million. Uh, however, the Saints go out and they sign Jameis, uh, and Jameis tore his ACL on that football team last year. After he exited, uh, they didn't really get much production out of their quarterback position. Taysom Hill is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. We've talked about that multiple times. We don't need to go over it again. Uh, Ian Book didn't look good in the only start he got last year. A little bit of an unfair take. Uh, but if you have one game on your entire tape in the NFL and it's awful, uh, the team's not going to take a chance on you, nor are they going to deem you their starter and pay you more money. So Ian Book, not there either. Uh, so Jameis was basically the only viable option 
for them to re-sign. Now, for them to sign him to this to this amount of money, uh, as per what you think he's worth, they I believe that the Saints think he's going to be ready for Week One. And I don't think there's going to be any hiccups in that based on how confident the Saints seem like they are uh, with multiple sources that I've read uh, online in terms of the blogs that I follow in terms of NFL Live uh, and all of the news outlets that I listen to in terms of the NFL. It seems like the Saints are confident he's going to start week one and there's going to be no hiccups. So, I mean, he was 5-2 and two last year, tore his ACL, I think in his eighth game. So that's almost halfway through the season. Uh, going to be a hard rehab for him to be ready for week one officially. Uh, but you're going to have to keep your eyes on Jameis Winston to see if he has even a close a close of a smidge of a chance uh, to start week one and actually be fully rehabbed from that torn ACL. And finally, the biggest news that I saw, uh, it, it rocked my world, uh, and it probably rocked yours because it's a couple days old. Uh, but listen, let's go over it anyway, and it's very polarizing and very controver- controversial. And that's an understatement. Uh, Deshaun Watson officially traded to the Cleveland Browns, uh, signs a $230 million deal, fully guaranteed, uh, which means Baker Mayfield is no longer the starting quarterback on the Cleveland Browns. Now, there's a lot of angles to this, uh, and there's a reason why I left this one for last, because we got to talk about all of these angles. So, Jacoby Brissett gets signed as well to a one-year deal with the Browns. So, now you have Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, and Jacoby Brissett on the roster. Clearly, Baker Mayfield is not the starter on this team. It is clear as day. They went out. They signed Jacoby Brissett. They traded Case Keenum to the Bills. So, they have now three quarterbacks on the roster, two of them of which think they can start. We've got problems, and not just football problems. So, Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns have had a bit of a fallout uh, since basically halfway through last season up until this point. Uh, The organization and Baker Mayfield have not seen eye to eye, nor have they had nice things to say about each other. Uh, Chris Mortensen broke something on Twitter and or on NFL Live. I think he actually did both. Uh, but he said that the the Browns wanted a, an adult in, in as their as their quarterback, uh, and that was the statement being being revealed. That's all fine and dandy, uh, and I appreciate that the Browns want an adult as a starting quarterback. But look what you just brought in. So uh, this is a very controversial topic. I get it, Deshaun Watson. There's 22 lawsuits involved. They're, they're, they involve sexual uh, sexual harassment. They uh, involve sexual assault. Uh, there's a lot of description uh, to from these women that are accusing him of these things uh, with extreme amounts of detail. And this is an extremely touchy subject, uh, to say the least. And it's hard to talk about, but let's just be honest about the truth here. 22 women... Uh, and listen, it'd be one thing, and I've seen uh, some crazy stuff happen at college, in high school, throughout my years of a young adult, I've seen some crazy things happen, Uh, but 22 women not from the same location that don't know each other, don't just all come up with a fabricated story, it just doesn't, it doesn't look good for Deshaun Watson in terms of a character value. And listen, yes, Baker Mayfield has done some some stuff on the football field, grabbing his junk on the field, uh, talking crap to the other team, 
uh, throwing a tantrum, Twitter stuff, uh, being an egotistical maniac, all of the things that you could say about Baker Mayfield. Is Deshaun Watson that much better in terms of character slash leader of your football team? And if he is, please tell me how. It just doesn't, to me, it doesn't make any sense. The Browns have blown up the the quarterback market by allowing a, this man to get a fully guaranteed contract at this amount of money. Not to mention, he is almost 100% going to be suspended for at least a month. Uh, because, listen, you have multiple instances of players, whether it be Ray Rice, uh, whether it be, there, there's so many examples uh, of players that have been found not guilty and or have been acquitted, uh, whatever the situation is in terms of the law, whether they were guilty or not guilty, the NFL is going to punish him, and it's going to be for at least a month. Uh, Kareem Hunt got six games. Listen, Kareem Hunt, domestic violence, I, I it's terrible. But what for what Deshaun did, he should get at least six games, if not more. And to be honest with you, they're they're protecting their their ideal image, uh, and their ideal image uh, does not require what happened with Deshaun Watson to hit the papers, and it did. And not only that, Deshaun Watson also said that he would not play for the Texans, uh, and it was also hurting the numbers for the NFL as well. So two negatives towards the NFL. He is definitely going to be suspended. And what if? Regardless of whether or not he's found criminally not guilty and he's not going to face criminal charges, if he settles any of these cases out of court or settles them in court or loses some of the case, whatever the situation is, there was wrongdoing done. And yes, I don't know for a fact how deep that wrongdoing is because I wasn't there, but there's clear as day that there was wrongdoing done uh, on one side, on the other side, or by both sides. In different aspects. what This is the most unreal thing that I've ever seen for a player to go from sitting out a season to saying he wouldn't play to this breaking out for all of the things that have been read, written, uh, talked about in terms of this these cases and Deshaun Watson as a character guy and this entire situation. For him to then get the biggest fully guaranteed contract and be able to pick the destination in which he plays in the NFL is absolutely insane. I cannot be more disgusted with how the NFL basically allowed him and these teams allowed him to pick his destination based on how good he is on a football field and not really, based on their actions, take into consideration what he is off the football field as a person. So yes, this may be preemptive. It may seem preemptive. I mean, it may come off as judgy, but there is no possible way 22 people are saying the same thing about the same person and none of it be true even at in, in a little bit of, of, of a fraction of what they're saying is is true or false. Either way you want to look at it. So for him to to basically pick out of a hat, basically make all the moves and then get the highest paid amount of money in a contract by the Cleveland Browns organization after they just admitted they want an adult in the room, it doesn't look good for the Cleveland Browns organization. It's not going to be received well by the Cleveland Browns fans. I know a few of them that are pretty livid about this situation and they're diehard fans. So... It, listen, this is there's going to be a lot of negativity towards this this trade, and it's going to take it's going to take a lot 
uh, to gain back the the trust and the freedom of the uh, for the players and for the organization from the fans because I think the fans are gonna are gonna hold on to this and use it. Uh, at a, not even at a later date, but they're going to be pretty disappointed with the organization for a while going into this upcoming season. Listen, there's two quarterbacks left. Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo. There's two teams left. The Carolina Panthers and the Seattle Seahawks that need starting quarterbacks. Every other job is basically filled. You, you got you got Pittsburgh that have filled their void with, with Mitch Trubisky. You've got a plethora. Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay. You've got Russell Wilson in Denver. You've got all of these players that have found new homes, all of the quarterbacks we talked about today, as well as the ones we've talked about previously. Jimmy Garoppolo wants to end up as a starting quarterback. He's currently injured. Teams don't know what to expect. And you've got Baker Mayfield, who looks like he needs to be more of an adult, in quotation marks, and he's still trying to get paid. And things leaked out that Baker was going to hold out this season anyway uh, and do basically what Deshaun Watson did in Houston uh, before all of the, the the legal issues arose anyway. So you've got two teams that are still vying for a quarterback in the Panthers and the Seahawks, and they really don't have the best options available. Uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo, injury-prone, or Baker Mayfield, who is character-prone, to be quite frank. So quarterback, always the most polarizing quarterback, always making the news and the quarterback supposed to be the leader of the team. So where those players end up, we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, but those are the only two places I think vying for starting quarterbacks. And realistically, there's only two options in Baker Mayfield who proved he can be a starter, whatever you, however you feel about him, he can start on an NFL, on an NFL team and Jimmy Garoppolo, who's had success on an NFL team, multiple NFL teams. So uh, we'll see where those two end up. It's going to be interesting. I think they're both going to sit for a little bit. Uh, maybe Baker gets, I think Baker gets signed before Jimmy G because Jimmy G's injury uh, is, is, is making owners and teams scared enough to not pull the trigger quickly uh, and maybe make San Francisco sit sit on him a little so they'll take less uh, to get him off the roster uh, so they can use what they need to use in terms of cap space. So I think these other teams vying for Jimmy Garoppolo are going to let the 49ers kind of make a decision on, uh, we got We need his cap space. We, we need him off the roster. And what are they going to take for him? And can, they get, can other teams get uh, Jimmy G for less than what they think he's worth is the question. A couple other players I thought uh, pretty low-key in terms of popularity and or what teams they signed with, but I think it's very interesting. So Leonard Fournette signs a three-year, $20 million deal with the Bucks. I didn't even think Leonard Fournette was a free agent this year. I thought the Bucks had him on, on uh, he was already on the books. However, he visited the New England Patriots and then signed with the Bucks one day later. Uh, which I think Tom Brady is probably jumping up and down right now uh, because not only one, not only two, but maybe three possible times he's got one up on Bill Belichick. Uh, so, listen, uh, Leonard Fournette, great player, playoff Lenny. He really doesn't do anything like outstanding throughout the season, throughout the regular season, but he shows up in the playoffs and he gets productive yards in productive spots in big games in the playoffs. And you need to pay players like that because you don't know who is going to make that, who is has the potential to do that uh, when you haven't seen it or they haven't done it on your team. 
And who better than the person who's already done it on your team and multiple times? So Leonard Fournette going to be with the Bucks, going to be with Tom Brady. Uh, the Bucks also signed Russell Gage uh, to be in that extremely deep already wide receiver room. So it's going to be interesting uh, for, to see what the Bucks do this year. Uh, they're the clear the clear front runners in that division in the NFC South uh, with Matt Ryan making his exit out of Atlanta. Uh, they seem like they have a clear path barring any sort of crazy injuries uh, or crazy retirements or crazy changes to the all the ultimate football teams that are the NFC South. The Bucks are the clear favorites. Uh, so value in any other team uh, if you... Uh, are willing to make a long shot bet out there at seven to one, ten to one, fourteen to one. Uh, that's what I. That's what they were last time I checked DraftKings for the other three teams in that division, being the Panthers, Saints, and uh, and Falcons, winning the division over the Bucks. Uh, but it looks like the Bucks are trying to stay legitimate uh, for Tom Brady, and they probably should for him to continue to want to play even at age forty-five. Next on my list, and this is going to be seem really low-key, uh, but Greg, shout out to Greg, uh, it's got to be a Kansas City move, uh, and he probably thinks it's Juju, which I didn't mention yet, but Juju Smith-Schuster signs one-year deal with the Chiefs. I'll throw that one in there, uh, not even on my list, but Juju Smith-Schuster signs with the Chiefs, can definitely play number two. Uh, even though Greg does not think that Juju Smith-Schuster can play the number two receiver. Uh, Greg, who on your team can play number two, uh, a number two receiver currently on the roster? Uh, the answer is no one uh, because McCole Hardman's not a number two receiver. Tyreek Hill's already small. Uh, so Juju, a little bit bigger, can run routes, can be that short, uh, short to intermediate type player for the Chiefs that they really need, uh, as well as adding this name, Corey Coleman. Uh, and some player, some players out there, I, if I have an NFL player listen to this podcast, that's pretty impressive. But uh, some people out there probably don't even remember Corey Coleman. Uh, and I remember Corey Coleman because I wanted the, dra- the, the Vikings to draft him. Corey Coleman, former first-round pick out of Baylor, uh, drafted by the Browns. He played on a lot of crappy Browns teams, uh, then got injured and went to a crappy Giants team and then got injured again. Uh, but a former first-round pick, Corey Coleman uh, pl- had some very uh, bright moments, on the even on the Cleveland Browns, uh, by running routes. His speed was good. Uh, he did face a decent amount of injuries, but uh, from what I'm reading, and it's not officially released uh, but Corey Coleman hasn't played a lot in the NFL, so you're not going to have to pay him much. Uh, but you got to think right now. So let's list the the pass catchers in order right now for the Kansas City Chiefs. So you've got Travis Kelsey, the sure-handed tight end that can play wide receiver. You've got Ty- Tyreek Hill, uh, who's improved a lot on his route running and his catch radius, even though he's relatively small, fastest guy in the league. And Tyreek Hill's a prime number one target. Uh, to go down to then Juju Smith-Schuster, Corey Coleman, and Mecole Hardman, uh, who's also a speedster who can give you that that kind of uh, trickery aspect uh, to the Chiefs' offense that Andy Reid loves using every once in a while. So uh, the Chiefs' offensive weapons are starting to look super amazing, and you have to re- re- you have to realize uh, some of these players may be considered relatively average at their position for what they're making but they've never re- they've never received passes from one Patrick Mahomes. Uh so when with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, it's, it's starting to look like the Chiefs are really really going to try and and outscore all of these teams that are making 
defensive improvements in the division and also offensive improvements, they're just going to try and outscore everyone, uh, which to be honest with you, a lot of people would be scared about. But with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and that Chiefs offense, I think that's their best option uh, because they got to spend a lot of money on that offense for them to be dominant. I think they try and make improvements in free agency from now until the draft. Uh, but I think they draft mainly defensive players and they try and grow it uh, with their with their defensive coordinator. Uh, so I think that they're going to try and grow their defense while their offense is still uh, definitely top three in the NFL, if not the best offense in terms of production in the NFL. So interesting to see the Chiefs make some some low-key moves that I think are should be considered more important than they're getting in terms of media coverage. Next on the list, shout out to my Vikings. I haven't had a free agent signing on here uh, that I was willing to talk about in terms of how important it could be for my Minnesota Vikings. But uh, today, this morning, uh, Zedarius Smith, former uh, linebacker slash defensive end uh, of the of the Green Bay Packers, signs a three-year, $42 million deal with the Minnesota Vikings. He goes from Green Bay to Minnesota. Uh, his Twitter is hilarious. If everybody can watch, uh, watch, I guess. Yeah, uh, look at his Twitter page. Uh, his tweets are hilarious. The posts about him being uh, at the stadium, hilarious. Uh, but but we get a pass rusher, and the Vikings decide to keep Daniil Hunter as well. Uh, he's been dinged up the last few years. So we've got two solid pass rushers. Uh, we've addressed the defensive uh, defensive tackle position. Uh, our our linebackers that we're going to keep are not going to be the issue. Uh, so it looks like the Vikings have two key positions that they need to look for in the draft. And and, and with adding Zedarius Smith, the pass rush looks good. The linebackers look good. Our offensive weapons are good, uh, including the running back and the wide receivers and tight end, to be honest, uh, with Irv Smith coming back off his meniscus tear last year. Uh, but we need to look at cornerback and we need to look at offensive interior. Uh, and and we need to develop. So that's going to be the two targets that the Vikings are going to look at, whether it be the end of free agency uh, or in the draft. Most likely in the draft, considering their cap cap uh, situation, uh, with I think them being a little north of twenty million to spend. However, Zedarius Smith signing does kind of diminish that from uh, maybe acquiring a veteran uh, veteran cornerback or a veteran offensive lineman. Uh, so the Vikings do need to address cornerback and definitely need to address offensive interior line. But they can definitely do that in the draft. And this team is not as far as people are thinking they are from success. Uh, and if you protect Kirk Cousins, I'm pretty sure he's going to be better than even he's been in these close games and in a playoff situation or a, a must-win game. Uh, protecting Kirk Cousins a little more, giving him a little more time is probably the best option uh, for the Vikings at this time. So it's interesting to see, interesting to find out all of these teams making major moves to their team. It's going to look a lot different this upcoming year than it did last year. And I know people have been saying that the last few years in the NFL where year to year it's there's been a lot of changes. But a lot of quarterbacks have moved. A lot of teams have changed coordinators. A lot of head coaches have been hired. A lot of premier players on the offensive and defensive side of the ball have changed teams. So it's going to look completely different than last season and definitely a lot different than the COVID season. So keep your eyes on NFL news. Check the free agency tracker. 
There's a lot more names than I brought up uh, in this podcast that have moved. So double check it, whatever your favorite team is, double check it. Uh, it goes by dates, it goes by teams uh, in order on the internet. So it can be, couldn't even be easier if you even tried. All right, guys. That's the end of this free agency pod. More and more news was the title that I did not give you at the beginning of it, but more and more news it was. Uh, And we had a great time talking about it. Remember to follow me on Twitter at all in man cave pod. Also add me on Facebook. Cole hate C O L E H A Y D as in dog T as in Tom. Remember share the podcast, whether it be on Facebook Uh, Whether you share my Facebook posts, posts, whether you retweet me, whatever it is, share it via word of mouth if you want as well. Uh, Everybody knows via word of mouth is the best way to spread it. So let's go uh, spread everything but COVID. And that's a stupid joke, but uh, COVID looks like it's getting better. So to make fun of it is to forget it. And let's be honest, we need to get out of this COVID funk in this country. There's a lot of shit going on in this country that people don't agree with right now. So let's put COVID to bed. Uh, And let's get ready for the NFL upcoming season because the draft's not too far away. We got about a month, uh, a month and five days from now. What? Maybe even a month and a week, month and a month and six days from now is the draft. So we're getting ready. Free agency is still going to happen. There's still going to be moves. Remember the MLB podcast with Tyler and Tim shooting for Thursday. Uh, today, Tuesday, uh, March 22nd, shooting for Thursday, March 24th. Remember to check the feed. It could be a day early, could be a day later, but baseball is back. We're going to talk about it with the experts, Tim Lehman and Tyler Martinez. So until next time, guys, remember, if you missed an episode, check it in the feed. Thank you for supporting the All in Man Cave podcast from my man cave to yours. And like I always say, until next time, peace. peace.